we are on our final big climb of the trip, I think. And it's uh, the climb on the old Largs Road uh, up from the coast towards Glasgow. And we spent the day, we spent the morning in our tent on Butte, waiting out the rain. But it was so cozy, it didn't really matter. And now we're here having this enjoyable climb. We've just passed a normal campsite. And we're forging on up the hill, hoping to camp between two locks. And you just kind of know you've aced your cycling trip when Stan's like, yeah, we have about a 300 meter climb. And you're like, sick, let's do it. That's great. Um, and I'm going to leave it at that because I think I'm going to need both hands to do this climb. Hi, it's our last episode and it's just going to be a quick one. You left us at the end of episode three on Jura where we were attacked by ticks, um, hit by a storm and taken in by the friendly Jerry. And from there we went back to the mainland, uh, went to one more island, Butte, and then uh, finished our trip in Glasgow. So we had a few more days where we stopped recording, gave ourselves a break, and we started to reflect on our journey. So I just listened back to the questions I asked way back in episode one, which feels like an absolute age ago. Really, it was just over a, a month ago. And I was sort of thinking about these big picture questions, which I don't think I really answered during the episodes. Um, I asked, what's it really like to be on a, a cycle tour? Is it good for our relationship? Do we want to take that cycle touring to the next level? Is it a selfish pursuit? And also, what's the point in doing anything difficult? So I've had a lot of time to to think about these things, and hopefully I'm going to bottle up these feelings um, so I can think about cycle touring in a more objective way. I mean, the, the first few days after finishing our trip, uh, we love we were loving being under a roof. I was just so happy to be warm and dry all the time. Uh, to be able to always make a cup of tea and just be able to plan days a little bit differently. It's it's felt like being rich, which I think is a good thing because we are rich. Pretty much everyone in this country has a good quality of life and has all these luxuries that we take for granted. I also realised, even though Zoe and I were together the, the first few days after the trip, we were meeting friends and family we really didn't spend nearly as much time together as during the bike trip. We we spent so much intense time with each other and it's really difficult to get that in normal life. So I've started to appreciate how much we spent together and how it has actually made us closer. It wasn't always easy and we shared some of the, the conversations we had um, in the podcast, but it has made us closer and considering how much difficult stuff we went through I think we handled it pretty well it's been almost over two weeks since Dan and I finished our cycling trip and there are just still some things I can't get over like having unlimited access to a kettle and hot drinks just whenever you want I mean that's awesome Um, sleeping in a bed is still great 
I like sleep really well these days. Um, being indoors when it's raining. When you're indoors and it's raining, the rain's really nice. Like, it's really beautiful. Um, and it's not getting you wet. Um, and then there are things that I miss about the cycling trip. I miss being outside for the entire day, watching the sun come up or waking up with it in the tent because the tent's gotten too hot, spending all day outside because you can't go into a cafe, eating lunch on a picnic bench, and then um, pitching your tent and going to sleep. I mean, their days just feel longer and more important when you spend them outside, even if you're really not actually doing that much. Now, we've been kind of thinking about going back to normal life, going back to work. And Zoe, at first you said, oh, here we go, back to normal life, back to all my old anxieties. But then we kind of thought, and we, we both are infused with this energy to change things and kind of get a fresh start. And we have started sorting out stuff that we've been let go for a while and fixing an old bike. We've read it, We've started looking after our garden and our room. We've got kind of a fresh perspective. We've got what you want from a holiday, which is like a re a restart and kind of eagerness to go back to work and uh, extra energy for the future. I asked myself, what's it really like on a bike trip? And one thing that really stuck out to me this trip was you're living almost 100% in the day. In normal life, you're always thinking about the future and worrying about stuff. Bike touring, you're literally just thinking about the next meal, the next rest, where you're going to camp that night at the most. And it's nice to be so immediate and so in the present. There's also something about caffeine and cycling. After having a, a tea or a cup of coffee and then getting on a bike to do an hour stint, my mind just goes racing. It starts thinking about loads of cool ideas. Um, it starts thinking about memories and about the future, not in a kind of worrying and distracted way, in a really focused, productive feeling way, a really positive way. And I, I think there's no coincidence you always get coffee and bikes in the same places. I think... It's an amazing combination. And I guess since we've got back, I've been thinking about how the trip was and whether it was really great. And um, I think the answer is yes. <laughs> yes, it was really great. Um, unlike some trips in the past that Stan and I have done, I didn't feel particularly like weak or scared during this trip, which I felt sometimes in the past. Um, I never, I only maybe had one day, maybe two where we reached the end of the day and I felt like I couldn't cycle another step, um, another step. I don't know. And, um, I also wasn't as kind of freaked out by wild camping because we knew a little bit more about where we were going to be each night. But I also think because I'd done it before and done a trip that was similar to this, um, I had gotten over a little bit the fears that I had had the first few times. And it started, the more we did it, it started to feel really natural and really fun. Rather than a little intimidating and slightly scary. Is cycle touring good for our relationship? Well, it's definitely not all sunshine and rainbows. This isn't like an all-inclusive honeymoon where you take away all the worries in life so you can just enjoy each other's company. You're putting yourself in stressful situations and that isn't always the easiest uh, way to sort of improve or work on relationship. But considering everything, like I, like I said before, 
we spent loads of time together and getting along was easier than I'd expected. We're, we're getting better at compromising during the trip uh, when it comes to making decisions and how we do things. You know, maybe one of us uh, wants to go inside and spend the afternoon sheltering from the weather and the other person wants to get on and do stuff. That happens all the time, but we've been getting better at, uh, I think, compromising. So I would say, yeah, I think it is good for our relationship. I think for Stan and my relationship, I mean, I think it was really good, especially the week where we had to slow down. Um, you know, we like each other and that's great and we can hang out and it's great and nothing on this trip you told us otherwise. Um, if anything, it just reaffirmed how much, how good we are traveling with each other and how we can make decisions together and how we can be in each other's company for four intense weeks um, and not really argue all that much, which is nice. And actually, this kind of trip does allow us to kind of reconnect um, after a really busy year, even if you don't have some of the more important conversations about the future that you want to have, just being with each other and doing different things in the present I think is actually really important but maybe I'm just justifying it Do we want to take cycle touring to the next level? I've got to say I'm less obsessed with extreme locations just for the sake of it because we've just been cycling around the UK the country that's the most familiar to me and it's been it's been interesting we've met people and we've had really interesting conversations and experiences with them without leaving the country. So I am less obsessed with extreme locations. I, I feel confident that whatever, wherever I am in life, I can just create the best, most suitable trip. If there wasn't a virus going around, we probably would have gone abroad and planned something there. That's fine. There was a virus. I feel like being in the UK wasn't a huge constraint. So I'm just feeling like I want to be flexible and plan the best trip that I can do with the time and resources and situation available. Cycling around the world is still something I would love to do. Two of the other biggest kind of takeaways for me are uh, it was, I think, during lockdown and the pandemic as a whole, even though you shouldn't be thinking about the future because the future is impossible to plan, you kind of inevitably are constantly anxious about what's going to happen. You know, is there going to be a vaccine? How many people are going to get it? Are your loved ones going to get it? Are you going to get it? What's that going to feel like? When will the world return to normal? What will you do? You know, the theater industry's collapsed. What does that mean for your job, for your life? And as much as you realize that planning for the future is stupid because it's just going to change and you can't predict it, I found myself in lockdown just constantly thinking, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And the anxiety of that was really hard. I think being on a bike helps you stop that kind of chain of thinking. Um, even though you're thinking about what's next, you're thinking about what's next in smaller terms. You're like, what does the next 10 miles look like? Okay, well, we have a hill and maybe a, a downhill and maybe a stop. And we can do that. We know we can do that. And just being in the kind of present moment, looking at the wildlife, being outside, thinking about 
how I was feeling on the bike that day was a really nice relief from the more anxiety-inducing thoughts I had about the future and life and the pandemic. Is cycle touring just selfish? No. I think it's full of meaning, meaningful encounters with people that I definitely wouldn't have otherwise met. I mean, the best encounters almost were when we needed help, when I helped cut my finger and we stayed with um, Harriet and her parents and Ben's parents, or when we were on Jura stuck in a storm and we spent time with Jerry and his wife. And also just being around the north of England and Scotland, everybody was so friendly and had so much time. It made me just appreciate kind of the slow life that people live, which I might have looked at disdainfully from London. I now kind of appreciate it. Wouldn't it be great if you did just have time to have a conversation with somebody you pass in the street? If you could walk past somebody and say, oh, that's a nice bike. I like cycling. And then you start a conversation with them. I kind of would like to be a person who has the freedom to do that and feels like they can do that. So I'm tempted to say cycle touring is not selfish because you expose yourself to other people. I can't really point out how it's helping other people, but I really like it when I have an opportunity to host somebody. I love being hosted. And when you're cycling, you're giving people that opportunity. So assuming everyone's like me, maybe it is kind of making feel good about themselves. I'm not sure. I was just so surprised by how many people were thrilled to see us. I kind of thought at the beginning of all of this, no one's going to want to no one's going to want two cyclists who could be carrying some crazy disease to come through their tiny town. But actually what we found was that people were, if anything, more friendly. They were thrilled to see someone new. They were thrilled that people were, you know, getting out into the world and coming to their town and spending money in their coffee shops. And it was just really nice to reconnect with strangers because we didn't get to do that for the last four months. And there's something really joyful about having a random conversation with a Scottish guy in the middle of the town. Um, and that was really nice. And finally, what's the point in doing anything difficult? Why would you do something difficult on your holiday? Well, it's simple. Everything is heightened when stuff is difficult. If you're working your way up a mountain or you're stuck in the rain or you're pitching a tent at the end of an exhausting day, that's a really heightened experience, even even if it's because it's stressful. The memories that you get are, are much more imprinted when it's been difficult. I feel like after three weeks of cycling, I've got loads of memories and I did loads of stuff. If I compare it to three weeks of working in the spring, I might have no standout memories from that time. I might have one or two memories. I've got so many memories from this trip. So doing something challenging heightens every experience. So would I do it again? Definitely. Would I wild camp for more than five days in a row? Maybe not. I liked having a shower. Would I do it in a different country? Absolutely. Um, do I think it was like a worthwhile thing to do? Yeah. For me and Stan, I think it was. But it's also a little selfish. I mean... You're going away for so long. You're not really helping anyone other than yourselves. So I think next time maybe finding a way to make it feel a little productive could be nice too.
um, if we were going for longer. But as a just a holiday, it was great. Finally, I just want to say I've really enjoyed hearing Zoe speak, and I kind of wish there was more Zoe in the podcast. I, th- I just think she's she's so honest in her reflection. I think it's amazing, and I want to hear more from Zoe. I want to get her onto a microphone because maybe it's something about the way we communicate. There isn't space for the monologue, but there should be. Um, I've loved listening to her, her honesty and. I mean, the feedback I've got from some people is that you have loved listening to the honesty. And I hope that if we create podcasts in the future, we stay honest. Because, well, anyone who shows, who projects an image of perfection is lying. And don't forget that. Um, It's been a real pleasure to make this podcast. If you've listened all the way through, thank you. Well done. Thanks for communicating with us. I've really enjoyed making it. I think Zoe's really enjoyed her part in it. And I'm full of ideas for the future. I don't want to say that what they are in case they don't happen, but I don't think this is the end. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Ciao.